They came for us, one at a time, came to kill the last servants of the dead god Morgan. I had lost brothers and sisters before, to battle or old age. Signs of Morgan die all the time, we're warriors. Now we were going to die in alleyways, in our homes, in crowded theaters and empty hallways. They came to kill us, and we didn't know who they were. They came for me and Barnabas while we were walking through the city, on our way back to the strength of Morgan from an errand at the scholar's prison, the library desolate. Well, mostly they came for Barnabas. I just happened to be there escorting him. It was me. I'm the girl who let the old man down. He looked good that morning, healthy. He always looked better out of the monastery. Those old empty stone halls did little more than weigh him down. Open air, even the dirty air of a crowded street in the city of Ash always put a smile on his face. He was smiling that morning. This was before the hidden deaths, before the murders and betrayals, before we knew what was happening. He was the first one they came for, and we didn't know they were coming, not yet. We walked down the road, and the crowd parted for us. Barnabas was in his formal robe, a deep maroon hemmed with gold thread and carrying the staff of his office. Symbolic armor clattered on his shoulders, and the cuffs of his robe were stamped with golden scale mail that shimmered in the morning light. His knuckles bore the calluses of a life spent fighting and working, the twin paths of the scions of Morgan. White hair and wrinkled face sat on a frame thick with muscle and iron hard. Even in the waning days of our cult, there was glory in the office of the fratriarch, and Barnabas Silent looked every inch the part. As proud as I was, I wished he'd left the formal robe at home. I was dressed in my battle-day simples. Pride was fine, and glory was better, but both of those things were bought with attention. As the fratriarch's only guard, I could have done with less attention— of course, whatever attention I avoided by dressing simply, I gave up with my holster and sheath. But a girl shouldn't go out half-dressed. It's a matter of state, Eva, Barnabas said, his voice as gentle as mist at the foot of a waterfall. I said nothing, my elder. You did, he said, nodding. In the way you stand, in the movement of your eyes in the weight of your hand upon your ballistic. You do not wish to be here. It's not my fault you like to get dressed up, old man. No, no, I'm happy to be here, thrilled to be walking through the city with the holiest man I know, just me as a guard. Not like we have any enemies, Barnabas. Not like the Rathari are massing at our borders, or their chameleon spies have been dredged up in the collar countries, no, not at all. This is ideal. I sped up a little to intercept a group of children who had blundered into our path. The fratriarch smiled and patted their heads as we passed. They stared at us, whispering. I just wish you'd brought more guards. Maybe an army or two? Barnabas watched the children, his face equal parts gentle happiness and melancholy. He turned back to me. The Rathari are always massing, it's what they do. And as for their spies, we used to make stew of their spies. Besides, we have no other guards, Eva. It's a matter of state. We go to seek the aid of our godbrother. 
only elders of the fist and paladins may attend. Among the elders, Simeon was busy, Tomas and Elias are napping, and Isabel cannot be more than ten steps from her library, for fear that one of her books go unread. I saw Tomas just before we left. Barnabas nodded absently. Yes, yes, not napping. Tomas does not. He smirked and shrugged. Tomas will not be involved in this. And of the paladins, Ava?